Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We now live in a world in which it's okay to be an anti-Catholic bigot. Um, we also live in a world in which the Republican stance is that... Uh, Immigration is responsible for our rising housing crises. And, oh, wait for this one, Pat. It, political extremism is what's tearing this country apart. Yes, it is a truth or fiction Tuesday. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Pat Oni. And this is Critical Thinking. <laughs> So, Pat, how are you on this lovely Truth or Fiction Tuesday? So, apparently better than you are, um, which is rare because I'm not a morning person and you are, and it's freakishly annoying. Um, but uh, given the conversations we had off air last night, I'm I'm kind of expecting uh, hashtag angry Andy to make an appearance today, <laughs> and I've got the popcorn ready to watch. It, yes, um, let's just say my cackles were raised a little bit last night um, at the Los Angeles Dodgers. Let's just say that, and um, the idea that <clears throat> diversity means bigotry to others, right? Um. You can offend Catholicism, you can offend Christianity, but you can't offend anything else. Um, I'm really struggling with that stance from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Do they deserve that name anymore, by the way? Tommy Lasorda. Just going to say. Just going to call out the vast majority of their best players of all time. <clears throat> Their original owner. The owner who moved them to Los Angeles. Rolling in their grace. But we'll talk about that later. Um, before we get into the meat of Truth or Fiction Tuesday, folks, i got to remind you, uh, number one, you can follow me on the socials at The Coppin Show, him at The Pat Oni Show. 
You can also watch us every single Monday through Friday over on our <clears throat> Rumble channel, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. And speaking of Monday through Friday, today is actually, or well, tomorrow will actually be our final show this week. We are going to be off, not because we're doing some Memorial Day, you know, trekking, but um, the wife is taking me on a adventure for our five-year anniversary, because uh, as you might know, Pat, it, the five-year anniversary, the modern gift is wood. So my wife is taking me to the woods for our fifth-year anniversary. We're going away, getting a, getting a little tiny house and uh, locking the phones away, getting away from all of the screen time and uh, just getting to enjoy each other's company. So uh, we're doing that. Um, so we're going to be off uh, on Thursday and Friday, as well as Memorial Day on Monday. Uh, so we'll end the week on WTF Wednesday. I, I can't think of a better way to end the week right now based off of what's already been going on in uh, in this world. Um, with that having been said, Pat, um, do you have any... Um, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Do you have any druthers or any uh, feelings that direction? I, I have no feelings towards this. Like I said, I just have the popcorn ready to watch. Okay. All right. So why don't we go with my first truth or fiction? Truth or fiction, Pat. Homelessness can be fixed if we just give the homeless homes. Truth or fiction? I mean, I can see how some might consider this truth because, you know, the definition of homelessness is not having a home, right? So if you just give them all homes, you solve the homelessness problem, right? Except I'm going to interpret this as at, at face value. And that is going to be fiction. Because at the end of the day, who pays for all of these homes? Furthermore, if you look at the housing market right now, we're, you know, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of different places in the country are having problem keeping up with the housing supply. Okay. So, no, no. It, it, currently, that would be fiction. And, for, and like I said, where does the money come from to take care of and pay for these houses? And when it comes to homelessness, what kind of – like if we were just giving everybody houses, what kind of houses are we talking about? Are we talking about – you know, your basic two bedroom apartment. Are we talking about a mansion? What are we, what are we talking about here? There's, there's a lot of unanswered questions with that. So, no, so no, I, I ultimately go with fiction. Plus I'll even say this too, for a lot of those that are homeless, it is a lifestyle. It is not, mm. um, it is not um, necessarily a, down on my luck kind of a thing they, they, they've they continue to put themselves in that position due to severe addictions like drugs alcohol things like that um they can't hold down jobs because of these addictions mm -hmm. and things like that and and so that they end up on the street eventually so i think you have mm -hmm. to solve other problems to solve the homelessness problem as well yeah and i'm gonna go with this being fiction as well pat um, <clears throat> I want I want to take a statistical approach to this first and then talk about some of the things that you had talked about. First of all, and this comes from an article in Reason, uh, so you can check it out at reason.com. In California alone, we can just look at California, okay? They estimate that there's 120,000 people that sleep in tents, in public parks, under bridges, 
120,000 people are homeless in California alone. The state has spent $20 billion over the last five years. Has that helped to decrease or increase? Or what has happened based off of the money that has been spent trying to, quote unquote, fix homelessness? I imagine you're going to tell me. Yeah, it hasn't. It hasn't fixed it at all. Mm. It's actually gotten way worse as we've Hmm. seen by what is taking place in San Francisco, right? Where we are literally just seeing open air drug use, um, rape, sexual assault, some of the most horrific stories I have ever seen coming out of these lawless homeless encampments all over downtown uh, Los Angeles and San Francisco. Right? Right. Remember, Gavin Newsom has announced the effort to clear out about 1,200 homeless Encampments, right? He announced that. And that's in the uh, the Tenderloin or south of market neighborhoods in in, um, in San Francisco, right? Like I said, okay. that, that is ground zero for some of the worst of the worst things you'll ever hear people doing to each other. But remember, California has taken... And we have talked about the great experiment, right? And how that story needs to be told by Team GOP or Ron DeSantis or or the libertarians. I, I beg the libertarians to do this. Just tell the story because there's a really good story to be told. And there's also the negative story to be told, right? You can point to all the great economic achievements and people migrating to those economic achievements and the magnets of that economic boom, right? But in California, how have they decided to handle their homeless problem? Housing first is their policy, Pat. There's a fact sheet on the Housing and Community Development website in California explaining, quote, anyone experiencing homelessness should be connected to a permanent home as quickly as possible, and programs should remove barriers to accessing the housing, like requirements for sobriety or absence of criminal history. Housing first is a viewpoint that um, it's a housing problem first, right? If, if we solve for the fact that they don't have a place to go, right, or that they can't achieve the markers of economics that would allow them to get a house, right, everything else will fall into place. How has that been working out in California? Apparently not well. Got a question then also for you, Pat. Yeah. If you take those who are <clears throat> unequipped or ill-equipped to living on their own in a home, put them into a home by themselves, what's likely to occur in your opinion? Can you, can you, I don't think they computed for me. Can you repeat that one more time? So if, if we are taking those who do not have the, the tools, the resources, the, Uh, the capacities, right. To handle 
not living on the streets and then put them into a home by themselves. Yeah. yeah. What's the most likely outcome here? Mm, I can only see bad things happening as they're probably just going to end up right, right back where they were. They're going to end up dead alone. That's what's going to end up happening. You know, it, it, it's ironic because the left, right? The, <clears throat> the ultra progressive left, what do they claim about dealing with crime? What do they claim about wanting to quote unquote defund the police? Right. It, it, it's about not a not defunding the police. It's about transforming how policing is done and dealing with root issues. Right. That's often what they are talking about and what they claim they want to occur, whether that's what's really going on or not. That's the language they use. Right. Right. That same group doesn't want to address a root cause here. Homelessness cannot be fixed, okay? This is not a 100% solvable issue. There are always going to be people who are homeless. This is a reality of life. It has been since the beginning of time, by the way. That has literally never changed. It, there, it's littered throughout the Bible, right? Right. Littered throughout the Old and the New Testament. Because we have free will, and sometimes people choose to do really bad things with their free will. So for those who believe that just providing them that quote-unquote safe place to go, and they'll figure out the rest, no. Because they haven't been given the, the proper tools to appreciate that opportunity. They don't have the proper mental state to appreciate what is what is being given to them so that they can start anew, so that they can begin a path towards a life not on the streets, right? Mm. And it's because they don't have the tools to deal with an addiction. They don't have the tools to to deal with um, you know their their mental issues. It goes back to, what we talked about yesterday with depression and some of those things. We have a VA system that is interested more in pushing pills on veterans than dealing with their mental, physical, emotional issues that lead to a lot of them. You know, the, the suggestion of 22 per day committing suicide is probably closer to 40, by the way, now the, the studies are showing. And most of them are homeless. Most of them are on that brink of homelessness. The VA is not interested in, in solving that problem. Money isn't solving this problem, right? $20 billion spent in California alone over the last five years, and the problem has only gotten worse. In fact, California has become a magnet for those who want to be homeless. They're actually literally hitchhiking their way to California or buying a one-way bus ticket or train ticket that they've been able to panhandle for, right? Mm -hmm. And going to California because they just give and give and give without any expectation. Homelessness cannot be solved on an individual or a <clears throat> broader societal level by simply just giving them a home. And to your other point, Pat, you had mentioned this. We have a shortage of houses, new housing starts in this country to begin with. 
So on the one hand, could this solve two birds, one stone? Yes, we could get to those new housing starts that we would need, an initiative to house the homeless. But just as I believe in that justice system in which you get an opportunity, right? The justice system in which those who are riddled with addiction or real mental issues like paranoid schizophrenia and things of that nature, you get a couple of opportunities on us to address those issues, right? And, and, and change into a productive member of our society, right? But on that third opportunity, you no longer get the benefit of the doubt, right? After that third opportunity, you get that to that fourth strike, right? You don't get a fourth. You get three, but you don't get that fourth. You don't get that fourth in so much as now you get to go back into that program. No, we're going to get you into a program and you're going to prison or jail or, or whatever have you after that program is done. You don't get the, let's do that program. You look at your sobriety. And if during that time you can stay sober um, versus what your jail sentence would be, you don't go to jail. Right. Or, you, you know, whatever it is, right? You, you've shown that you continue mental care. You've shown all of those things, right? That you're on the right medications for uh, for things that you can medicate for, right? That that actually work, that are proven to work. You know, uh, medications for paranoid schizophrenia, a lot of it can work. Not all of it. And you have to really be diligent with uh, your mental state right? And adjusting meds and doing this and that, right? But you commit a crime, you do whatever, um, you don't get another opportunity beyond we're going to give you the help so that you live out the rest of your sentence, you pay your actual debt to society and go forward. But with homelessness, right, Pat? With the homeless, we could kill two birds with one stone. Number one, we could get more housing available, right? We can put these people into programs that would help them and then graduate into living by themselves or or reigniting them or reunifying them with family that they may have lost or whatever, right? Right. We can do all of those things. But we have to address that root issue. If you don't address it, you're just putting lipstick on a pig. Well, I also think you have to, whatever this is, you have to make them contributing members of society as well like to their communities, things like that, give them, give them, um, I guess for lack of better words, purpose as well, because that's going to solve or, or at least help solve um, a lot of the issues that put them in the position that they are, were in, in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let, let's be real about this, Pat. Homelessness is not a housing issue. And here's a great example of this. The head of Orange County's rescue mission has told me that the vast majority of people the nonprofit assist self-identify as having a mental health or addiction issue. Self-identify. They're readily aware of what's going on in their life. Their lives. Yet, homeless activists and political commentators push the fiction that homelessness is primarily a housing issue and advocate their usual litany of solutions. Rent control, right? If we, They're homeless because they can't afford the rent anymore. They're homeless because they can't afford to, to save up and buy a home, right? Eviction uh, issues, 
they have to subsidize more and more of, of the Section 8 housing costs, right, or whatever. Here's a great example of, of a program that works, by the way. Choose to own. Here in Chicago, the Chicago Housing Authority has a choose-to-own program in which what do they do? They incentivize people to save up. They incentivize people to show um, fiscal responsibility. And then they take parts of the voucher that they would get for Chicago Housing Authority for Section 8, right? And they allow them to use that towards part of their monthly mortgage payment. I don't disagree with that. Why? Because the first thing that you do in that program is that you have to show that you have X amount of dollars in your savings account, which means that you have shown fiscal responsibility, right? You have to show that you have some skin in the game, first and foremost. And then, by the way, we're going to help you get on your feet. We're going to help you get to that home ownership. But it doesn't exist forever, by the way, Pat. It doesn't exist for the totality of your mortgage. It gives you the kickstart to something that gives you pride, gives you literal ownership, and uh, can help you build towards a better generational future. I have no problem with a program like that. I really don't because there is that skin in the game, and it's temporary. It is not a permanent situation. And if you fall flat on your face after that temporary help, that is a you problem. I, you know, libertarians all too often say we have to get rid of all. No, we don't. I I firmly believe that we don't have to get rid of all quote unquote welfare programs. No. Now, could I argue that there could be ways in which the private sector could do this better, right? In which mortgage companies might be able to sponsor something like this where, um, there's a program and people can can um, give to that charity, right, in which people can show their qualifications. I absolutely think that that can work. But in the absence of that happening, this is a great idea. It's a great idea because people who – it's not wasted on these people. It's not wasted money. It actually helps in areas in which home ownership is a problem, in which pride in those areas are a problem. You develop pride in yourself, in uh, saving money, in fiscal responsibility, and in the place you live. That can transform neighborhoods quickly, by the way. Not, not, not over 10, 15, 20 years. Quickly. Because people who have pride in what they own and, how, and where they live tend to care, right? And they ain't going to put up with the crap that happens in some of these neighborhoods here in Chicago. So you want to solve it, you have to give incentives. You want to solve it, you have to provide a carrot and a stick, right? But to throw money at, you know, million-dollar apartment costs, that's, by the way, part of this $20 billion that has been spent on Housing First. A single apartment costs them a million dollars to build. What? How is that an efficient use? It's you're, not. you're not getting that back, by the way. Are you just handing that out? Because that's what you're doing. You're incentivizing them to have a place to do their drugs and their get wasted all the time, right? Kill themselves away from the streets. But you haven't given them any tools to cope with 
that new lifestyle that they're going to be living. All right, with that being said, Pat, let's move on to your first truth or fiction, which is... Truth or fiction, we need a church committee to fix the FBI. Um, Fiction. I don't disagree that this is a good place to go, right? A church-style committee. And by the way, if you don't know what the church committee is, this was the original committee, by the way, that did what? Clean up the FBI (laughs) and attempt to do so after J. Edgar Hoover, right? Right. And attempted to do a bunch of other things. Um, Excuse me. <clears throat> but my point in all of this, right? This was the Senate, uh, what do they call it? The Senate Select Committee to Study Governmental Operations with Respect to Intelligence Activities. That's what the church committee was, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, Frank Church, who was a Democrat from Idaho, by the way, in 1975 began investigating the abuses by the CIA, the NSA, the FBI, the IRS. Does that sound familiar to you, Pat? A little bit, yeah. So that was back in 1975. 50 years later, we're right back where we were. What is this going to solve? You tell me, Pat. What what exactly would this solve? I am going with fiction because there there will be no teeth to it. You can expose all you want in a church committee style situation, right? There is no political will for change. None. We see it right now, right? I don't know if you had a chance yesterday to to catch anything that Glenn Beck did, but um, he had James Comer on, the the head of the uh, weaponization and, and oversight, okay? Or head of oversight. Has a single person been prosecuted for any of the litany of, of provable crimes in the Biden crime family? Nope. Which, to be fair, we kind of called this, right? Did, did Paul Manafort go to jail, Pat? I mean, yes. Mm-hmm. He and what did. did he go for to jail for? Wasn't it like tax evasion? No, it was failing to register what? as a foreign agent. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And funneling money, allegedly. Uh-huh. Okay. Hunter Biden has... Uh, James Biden has Haley Biden. Have any of them gone to jail for doing nope. literally that? Nope. Mm. Mm. And and remember, they they claim to have. I mean, wasn't it James Comer that said, uh, "Hey, we have the bank statements to prove all of this." Mm-hmm. And we what, now what have, happened? as of yesterday, more IRS agents having come forth as whistleblowers, showing that um, they actually have the goods. Right. And they are refusing to allow them to fully investigate, fully uh, bring charges. And they are literally stonewalling at the FBI and DOJ levels. Hmm. Yeah, we have more of this information. This comes from John Solomon and his reporting at justthenews.com. If you haven't checked that website out, it's a it is a daily must for me. So as I look at this, Pat, the simple question is, is there going to be any political will? Because if not, what's the point? I can't help if the American people, and this goes back to what we talked about last week, I cannot help the American people who refuse to 
pull their heads out of their own asses or or unbury their head from the sand. I, I, I can't help you. All of the information is readily available. And by the way, next, not this Thursday, but next Thursday, we are deep diving into um, information um, that was shared, documents that was shared, sourced information about the Biden crime family so that you understand just how deep, just how bad it is, and more importantly, just how unwilling the political class is to do anything about it. So here's the rub. I agree that the exposing of how deep this corruption is, how bad it is, shining a light is important, right? We've talked about this. This was an important step on on that path towards reviving liberty. We've talked about it for two years. But, but, but shining a light absent of doing anything about it doesn't matter. And for instance, like if, if I shine a light on Bud Light's insanity with Dylan Mulvaney, right? Or if I'm shining a light on uh, Molson Miller Coors, right? And their own insanity. Or if I'm shining a light on Target and their marketing trans clothing to little girls and boys. And nothing happens. Does it matter? Now we've looked at Bud Light, right? It's sales have still steadily been 20, 25% down, right? Hasn't stopped literally to the point where like you can't give that crap away. If there's a choice, if there's an alcoholic beverage choice, everybody's choosing the other one. Until there's the shine a light with consequences, none of this is going to matter. And I guess I guess my question to you then would be, what, are, what do you believe the consequences are? I firmly believe the consequences should be the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, gone. And and in some cases, I believe the NSA or some version of it should probably exist, right? We we do need some way to collect um, intelligence and data, right, for attacks on the homeland. I believe right. that that's probably a proper part, but can that be done in the DOD? Absolutely. But then again, the DOD has shown to be just as awful, just as riddled with wokeism, just as riddled with leftist bigotry. So where do you go? You you came down pretty much the same way I did. Is but to add to all of that, who's in charge? If we were to do a church committee for the FBI and all these other alphabet soup organizations, who's in charge of of running those committees? And do we trust whoever is in charge in running those committees to do the right thing? And this is what we've said about the GOP for the last however long now that no, I don't, I don't trust them. I don't trust that they are going to follow through with this, whether they have the political power or not. I don't trust that they're going to follow through because to your point, they don't have the political will to do it. They don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now I want you, I want you to understand this. Okay. What was exposed in the church committee committee? 
Operation Begultra. What was that? The drugging and torturing of U.S. citizens for mind control experimentation. We also, they found uh, Cointelpro. That was surveillance and infiltration of American political and civil rights organizations. Does that sound familiar to any of you listening or watching? How about Operation Family Jewels, which was a CIA program to covertly assassinate foreign leaders? Has that stopped? Also, Project Shamrock, in which major telecommunications companies shared their traffic with the NSA. Has that stopped? We literally just told you Bank of America is handing over your private data. The data that, yeah, they should have access to to help you transact and do the things that you want to do. They just handed it. Why? Well, because they might not have agreed with your politics. Because it might not have been good for their ESG score. They just said they didn't do what they used to do, right, in the 90s and early 2000s, in which they said, get a freaking warrant, right? They're not interested in you as a consumer, you as a uh, customer of theirs. This is the Banana Republic, folks. 50 years on, almost quite literally 50 years on, Pat. Where are we at? Right Back in the same spot. So what what changed then and what's going to change now? Well, you know, history doesn't just repeat itself. It rhymes. Mm-hmm. So short of actually disbanding these organizations and not replacing them, by the way. Because. You can't root out this level of corruption by simply repeal and replace, right? Because whom fills that void? Are we going to find the uncorruptible? Are we going to find a way to whack that mole, right? Because that's really what the church committee did. They played whack-a-mole. They, they slapped him on the hand. Don't do it again. We're watching, right? And then did really nothing about it. In fact, 2002, right, we passed the Patriot Act and literally handed them the keys to the, the, the kingdom and said, oh, my God, we had a terrorist attack. Here you go. We gave them carte blanche to do what they were doing that we didn't like 40 years prior to that, 30 years prior to that. Okay, with that out of the way, Pat, I think it is a good time for us to play a little bit of the B or not the B. Are you ready? Hit me. Right in the nuts. That's mm, what I'm going to think. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Museum of Nature and Science to close Native American exhibit for reinforcing white dominant culture. Museum of Nature and Science to close Native American exhibit for reinforcing white dominant culture. While you are thinking about that, folks, do not forget that uh, you need to be doing business with simply businesses that uh, will not insult you. 
And that includes businesses that don't care about your politics, but providing really good products. And that is our friends over at coffeebrandcoffee.com. Again, coffeebrandcoffee.com, where you can get coffee, tea, hot chocolate, all sorts of wonderful goodness over there. Uh, Fresh roasted, put into the bag for you, shipped off to you. Coffee. They focus on really good products and not their own politics or yours. So go to coffeebrandcoffee.com. Enter the promo code Critical Thinking at checkout for 5% off your purchase today. Again, that is coffeebrandcoffee.com, promo code Critical Thinking, coffeebrandcoffee.com, promo code Critical Thinking. Do you need the headline one more time, Pat? One more time. Museum of Nature and Science to close Native American exhibit for, quote unquote, reinforcing white dominant culture. Is this the B or not the B? See, I think that's too long to be a Babylon B article, so I'm going to go with not the B. You are correct because there's not the full headline. The full headline is Denver Museum of Nature and Science to close Native American exhibit for reinforcing white dominant culture. <clears throat> As Planet Moron points out on notthebeat.com, I cannot personally think of a better way to reduce the influence of white dominant culture than to make sure that no one has a way to learn about any other cultures other than the white dominant one. It's just really common sense, right? From uh, <clears throat> From the article, okay? This is the letter literally sent from the museum to its members. Quote, in the 1970s, the Denver Museum of Nature and Science created the North American Indian culture, the Nyack Hall. DMNS, the Denver Museum of Nature and Science, Vice President of Exhibitions Liz Davis wrote in the letter, quote, Despite collaboration with indigenous representatives during its creation and ongoing efforts by curators, Uh, conservators, and others to update and improve various parts of the hall, we acknowledge that it remains problematic. We understand that the hall reinforces harmful stereotypes in white, dominant culture. I I don't know about you, Pat, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I, I talked to my parents, and in the 1970s, this was the forefront of the Native American positivity movement, right? This was the tail end of the hippie culture movement in which everything that was not white had to be shown in a super positive light. In a way, we're right back into that today, right? Like literally 50-year cycles. Here we go again. But, you know, we were creating peace-loving, living harmony, right? Harmony with nature and and all of that, right? We, we were, that was the caricature given to us, right? In the 1970s. Neither of us were alive, but I've been told, right? Peace-loving people living in harmony with nature and their neighbors, right? They never had war. They never killed each other. They never scalped people. They never, you know... Uh, committed cannibalism. They never sacrificed young kids to the gods. Oh, wait. Right? So we couldn't tell that portion of them. We had to only see this in a positive, you know, um, harmony with... So if they... What could they have possibly changed from an exhibit in the 1970s that that would do what for... what? What exactly are you changing? What's the story that you want to tell that's any different 
a story of completely positive imagery of the Native American. And the Native American prior to its complete assimilation into quote unquote white dominant culture. That that's literally what the 1970s shoved down your throats. So where are we going here? Again, I'm just going to say this. Apparently history doesn't just repeat itself. It rhymes. So, yeah. By the way, they are closing down the exhibit this uh, summer and have apologized and are acknowledging the harm they caused. Hmm. Do you know how they could avoid all this? It's real simple. How bad? Don't close down the exhibit. Hmm. Yeah. Look, that's simple. Is history does history evolve? Does it change? Absolutely, because we find new things. Sure. We we get new interpretations. In fact, we just found um, potentially a a part of the um the writings of the time of Moses and the time of the Exodus, right? That that proves part of the Old Testament to be absolutely accurate. We just found that. And we're talking how many thousands of years later, potentially? Mm-hmm. We're finding out new things all the time. There, there's a difference between saying we, we acknowledge that we got something wrong about history, right? And, and correcting that and, and changing your exhibit to reflect that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not what's going on here. Insane. Insane. All right. So with that uh, that out of the way, Pat, it's time for my second truth or fiction. And this truth or fiction is immigration is what's causing rising rents and housing costs. Now, before you begin to talk, Pat, J.D. Vance had this to say, and this is what prompted my truth or fiction. J.D. Vance, you know, that, that wonderful senator from your former state of Ohio. Yes. Letting in too many people drives up housing costs for normal Americans. Stop Biden's border crisis and stop his war on home affordability. He gives us a chart from Axios. And by the way, if you're not watching on Rumble, you should. Rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Click the subscribe button. Join us in the critical thinking community on locals as well. But according to this, rent growth has gone up 134.9% since 2000 to 2023, while income growth has gone just 76.8% up since 2000, according to Moody's Analytics. Letting in too many people drives up housing costs for normal Americans. So. Truth or fiction, Pat? I mean, from from the chart that he's trying to show here and trying the connection he's trying to make, it's like he's saying there's a supply and demand issue when it comes to housing. And that supply and demand issue has to do with a lot of uh, immigrants coming to this country. I don't necessarily think that that's I mean, I'm sure that could play a part, but I don't think that's necessarily the cause. I think it's going to be more of, especially in recent years where we're kind of seeing this. Again, I mentioned this earlier. You have a supply and demand issue. You're not you're not able to put up enough houses 
fast enough. And so there's the demand is, is high, but the supply is not so much. So that's, that, that could explain a reason of why you're seeing rent and mortgage and all that sort of stuff in terms of growth. In terms of income growth, um, from that chart, there's inflationary reasons of, you know, wages not, not, uh, being able to um, outgrow like it was a few years ago, because I remember talking about this, where it was able to outgrow um, inflation. And I think that's the other part of the problem here. So ultimately, I think this is this is uh, fiction and a failure of J.D. Vance to understand some basic economics and what's going on in the background. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he understands basic economics on a very, very simple level. Like, I, I mean, we we just talked about the housing supply issue, right? We've talked about it ad nauseum over the last year. Yeah. Could that be a problem? And, and yeah. when you are not building houses, you are also not building developments in which apartments go in. We have a shortage of supply, period, point blank. And when housing goes up, rent goes up. It's kind of a simple basic fact. I need to, if I own a piece of property, right? Furthermore, Pat, how many times do I have to mention this? Whom is buying property? Whom is buying most of the housing? Your Black Rocks, your Vanguards, right? And then what are they doing? I've talked about this ad nauseum. Folks, there are literally entire neighborhoods that over the last two to three years, especially 2020 and 2021, they they freaked out. They sold their homes to the highest bidder, which is BlackRock, by the way, right? Mm-hmm. Then the neighbor's house gets sold, and then it snowballs down, right? And prices just go up and up and up and up and up and up and up. And BlackRock don't give a bleep, right? They don't care that they overpaid. They don't care that they overextended a mortgage, right? Because they're paying this in cash, okay? They're giving you that all cash off for 50 grand over the asking price, even though that house hasn't been updated in 30 years, right? And then they buy your neighbor's house. And then pretty soon the entire neighborhood, your block, then the next two blocks over from you. And pretty soon that entire neighborhood doesn't exist as a house that you can buy. And oh, by the way, you might have bought your house for, or you might have gotten $450,000 for your house, right? Except for now, after they've gotten done overpaying for 20 homes, you go into the housing market at the same time as that all cash offer closes and attempt to go buy a new house and it's costing you $700,000 now. In which case, you have now priced yourself right out of your own idea of home ownership. Right, because you can't afford a three hundred or two hundred fifty thousand dollar increase in a home. You can't afford that increase. So guess what you're doing? You're you're renting back the very same home that you, or a very similar home that you, just gave to BlackRock, and they're charging you rent. At the market level. And guess what? They control the market. 
you have one choice and one choice only. Mm -hmm. Rent from BlackRock, bitches. That happened in neighborhood after neighborhood, especially in the South. Question, would that technically be considered a monopoly in this case? No. But but they're the only ones that own all the property. It's not a monopoly. You you made the choice to sell, didn't you? I guess that's true. You have an absolute choice as to whom you want to sell to. Now, there are rules and regulations about you can't say, I only want to sell to single people or I only want uh, to sell to this race or that race or or families with kids or family, you know, uh, husband and wife with no kids or, or whatever. You can't do that. But you have a choice as to whether you sell to an LLC or you sell to a trust or you sell to um, the highest bidder or the best terms or you, you don't take an offer. You can put your house on the market today, Pat. Does that mean you have to take an offer when it comes on the mar- when it when it comes to you? Nope. No. Absolutely not. In fact, there are lots of people who put their homes on the market to really suss out what an actual interest in their house would be. Because they don't trust the the data analytics that exist online and I don't blame them. We talk about the iBuyer program from Zillow and other places in which they literally lost $500 million by overpaying for homes, turning them around and having to sell them for losses. They lost $500 million in one year, Pat, doing that. That hurts the housing market. That drives prices up, by the way, because they overpaid. Could that J.D. Vance be the reason for all of this? where, Where is this shit coming from? From the Republican Party, Pat. I don't understand this. We, we, we're we literally watching the the know-nothings of the 1850s come home to roost again. What the hell is going on when it comes to, oh, they took our jobs and they're taking our houses. It, question for you. If those people who are the immigrants, the illegal immigrants, let, let's just... Take the the legal part of this out. What do you think they're doing? Buying homes? No. They're renting. So if they're renting and rent prices are going up, simple question. Are they also not affected by the damn rent prices too high? Yeah. Okay. Everybody's in the same bleeping boat, J.D. Vance. Donald Trump. MAGA forever. Am I missing something? This is the most insane, racist bullshit I have seen from the Republican Party in decades. I'm starting to think that uh, J.D. Vance needs to be sent some uh, Economics 101 books like uh, Bernie Sanders. Oh, my God. I, I just How is this a thing that a sitting senator in the United States puts out there, Pat? How? This is the most nativist bullshit. This is, this is stuff that you would see. From, you know, your your friendly neo-Nazi. This is literally the, the, the type of propaganda that they're putting out. I'm not kidding about that. This is the type of stuff that you see as they try to draw more people into their cause. You're doing their job for them, J.D. I, I, I just... What the hell going on here? 
<sighs> All right. Anyway, I need a little wusa because uh, I have my uh, second or your second truth or fiction. You mean my second truth yeah. or fiction? Your second truth or fiction coming up, and I need to prepare. So your second truth or fiction, Pat. I, I don't think that this is going to uh, make you woosaw any more than, than what you're already doing. But um, truth or fiction, the extreme political polarization is the biggest threat to America. Woosa. 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 Like I said, I, I, I think Angry Andy is... Um, He's struggling a little today. Just going to say this. F your truth or fiction. <laughs> okay. Um, it's absolutely fiction. Uh-huh. It is not political polarization. <clears throat> I'm going to be careful of how I say this and, and uh-huh. what I'm going to say. Uh-huh. How do I want to say this without getting in trouble? (laughs) Um, Does, is the root of quote unquote, the divide in this country political? Hell no. It's cultural and spiritual in nature. This is the reality in which we are living. And again, I want to pull up your truth or fiction statement one more time here, Pat, because again, your truth or fiction is that the extreme political polarization is the biggest threat to America. No. Mm -mm. Not even close. Because, Pat, we get things like this from the Los Angeles Dodgers last night. After much thoughtful feedback from our diverse communities, honest conversations within the Los Angeles Dodgers organization, and generous discussions with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, the Los Angeles Dodgers would like to offer our sincerest apologies to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, members of the LGBTQ plus community, and their friends and families. We have asked the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to take their place on the field at our 10th annual LGBTQ plus Pride Night on January uh, June 16th. We are pleased to share that they have agreed to receive the gratitude of our collective communities for the life-saving work that they have done tirelessly for decades. In the weeks ahead, we will continue to work with our LGBTQ partners to better educate ourselves, find ways to strengthen the ties that bind a, a... Strengthen the ties that bind and use our platform to support all of our fans who make up the diversity of the Dodgers family. Yes, Mr. Padoni. Just a question here. Uh, for those that don't know, what is the uh, sister Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence? It is a LGBTQ alphabet soup um, quote-unquote charitable organization that exists to literally mock, not Christianity, by the way, but specifically Catholicism. Mm. Every okay. Easter, they hold just 
look, you want to do it, go for it, right? You want to you wanna mock religion? Mock it all. Go for it. I'm not sitting here and saying that I'm upset by that. Not at all. What I am upset about is you, sick bastards in this organization, would never dare to rip up the Quran, set it on fire, hang an effigy Muhammad. You wouldn't do it. Why? Because you all be dead. That, that would be why, right? No, it's also just flat out disrespectful. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Sure. They do that with the Bible every Easter Sunday. Hmm. Okay. This is a group that exists literally out of the, to, to just mock Catholics. I'm not suggesting to the LA Dodgers that um, they don't allow them in. No, no, no. Go ahead. But show me who you are. You say you're about diversity. Would you, at the same point in time then, come back the next night and host the Los Angeles Diocesan? Would you host uh, the Archbishop of Los Angeles, all of his deacons, all of his ministers, all of the priesthood, all of the, the nuns? Would you pray them onto the field? Let them bless Chavez Ravine, right? Dodger Stadium? At any here's the thing, not even this the next night. At any point in time, would they ever do this? No, no, they wouldn't. So, when you bring out political polarization, Pat, how? Let's put it this way: Can you live and let live with that? In which, no. in which, it's not just they disagree with Christianity or they believe in atheism, right? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Look, I've got friends who are atheists, right? Acquaintances that are atheists, right? Mm -hmm. They know better than to mock God in front of me. I'll tell you that much. Well, if they're also your friends, they're going to be respectful of you anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they know exactly what's going to come their way if they do. And I'm not talking violence. I'm talking about a rebuke. Unlike they have ever seen before. And it it happened in public. They were never confronted like that ever before. And they haven't done it to me since. And you're still friends. Mm -hmm. Because there's a respect. So you want to, you want to be an atheist. You want whatever. Can you live and let live with somebody who literally isn't just mocking you. It's mocking God. It's mocking Jesus. It's mocking your religion. The Book of Mormon is a great example of this, Pat. Right? The the um, the Broadway musical, right? Oh, yeah. Don't even get me started. But yes. But is there some humor to be found in it? 
Probably. Sure, I'm, I'm sure there is. I'm sure I haven't seen it. I, I, I haven't ha- seen it either. I, but, but that being said, there's a difference between that and this, right? Mm-hmm. An absolute difference. Because they're existing not to, not to take the absurd and have fun with it, right? I, well, I can laugh at, at uh, Catholicism. I can tell Catholic jokes all day long, right? No problem laughing at myself. This isn't about laughing. This is about them making a mockery, okay, of not just a choice, but a deeply held belief. This is them making a mockery of it. And then when pointed out to an organization like the Dodgers that, hey, by the way, yeah, they may have some sort of charitable arm to them, but look what they do, right? And and look what they're actually about. They're about harassing Catholics, right? They're about literally spitting in the face of Catholicism. How do you share a country with that? I, I asked you with this last night, live and let live, right? Mm-hmm. Can you live and let live with something like this? No. Why not? Why can't you live and let live? Why? The I think in basic terms, because <clears throat> first of all, that respect is not even returned. Bingo. Not even exactly. Live and let live is about respect. Mm-hmm. So to the live and let live libertarians, to the libertine side of things. The reason that you can live and let live is because there's a level of respect that exists or should exist. And more Between importantly, both parties. More, yes, more mm. important than that, even Pat, is that to live and let live to to this idea of individual freedom and whatever. Right. Is that violence? Ripping up a holy book, burning it mockery to the face of the little sisters of the poor or um, whatever, right? Or or standing in the way on Easter Sunday, right? Or sexualizing Jesus Christ and the nuns, by the way. I can make an argument that that's violence, right? You're making violent mockery. Uh, again, I can take a joke just like anybody else can or should be able to. You should be able to make fun of yourself, by the way. That's a really good trait. Oh, yeah, because you understand yourself then. Not maybe you're, not you're fully, but you have an understanding of who you are and what you're about. And you're ultimately self-aware. Mm-hmm. There's no live that. and let live with this because this exists not to just have fun. This exists to eradicate your viewpoint off the face of the earth. You can't live and let. Here's an example of a great example of this. Would you live and let live with a Nazi? No. Because why? The Nazi would want what for you? Death. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I bring this up. When you go to Dachau, if you go to Munich and you go to take a trip to Dachau, take a look at which of the uh, of the um, memorials stands in the middle. And ask yourself why. It's not the Jewish one. It's not the Protestant one. It's the Catholic one. And and why? Because more Catholics were killed at Dachau than any other population. Hmm. Clergy. 
lay people. It ideology turns to violence. This type of ideology turns to violence. I'm supposed to live and let live. I'm supposed to side by side stand with that. That that which is antithetical to every fiber of belief in the Christian gods or God, I should say, right? What even if you are Mormon or Presbyterian or Lutheran, you should stand against this, right? Because that bigotry is bigotry towards you eventually. I I, I just want to say this. I think one of the things that make this show somewhat fascinating, at least for me, is that, you know, you are Catholic and I am Mormon. Mm -hmm. And we can have that live and let live mentality because we do have that mutual respect for each other. We may have disagreements on certain aspects of faith at times, but ultimately we, we want the same thing. And there is that mutual respect. But I also came down on fiction with this statement, too. And by the way, this came from uh, Robert Gates, who was the uh, Secretary of Defense for, under uh, Barack Hussein Obama, mm-hmm. saying, you know, that, you know, the political polarization is the U.S.'s greatest threat uh, the country currently faces. No, um, no it's not. It, it, I, I actually what I, I read that first paragraph. I laughed out loud because this is a guy that doesn't know what time it is. Yeah. It's okay. very simple, Pat. Mm. The devil. The spirit of the age right. is the greatest threat to America in its existence. It, because you, America has always been that unique moment in world history. There's mm-hmm. been nothing like it before and nothing like it probably after it. That's the reality of the situation. You could talk about, well, they got their stuff from the Roman Republic. Not, not necessarily. Then do it the way that the Roman Republic did it. In basic terms for me, a spiritual war that creates the absence of God yep. ultimately creates the cultural war that we're in, and culture dictates politics. Politics is always downwind of culture. So no, this is completely wrong. Completely. And as I put it to you last night, I'm just going to read what I wrote to you last night. This was my raw reaction to watching the Los Angeles Dodgers say, hey, we invite you bigots onto our field, right? That's what they say. That is what this statement is. Make no doubt about it. The the sisters of perpetual whatever, indulgence, right? Mm-hmm. They are anti-Catholic bigots. They are absolute bigots, okay? As I put it, I cannot coexist with those who believe, not that we should agree to disagree, but that anything short of believing in your bigotry, right? Anything short of believing your BS, right? Anything short of you believe what I believe or else, right? Anything short of that being bigotry, right? So if I if I don't accept that your ever-changing sexuality or sexual preferences, if not accepting that is somehow bigotry, I can't coexist with that. But mock the church. You can go ahead and do that. Make sure anybody who shuts it down is shouted down. Right? Those same people who say, shut up, you bigot. Worship what I worship, you bigot. No, 
That's not what that's not what I'm saying. That's what you're telling me. And that's what you just told the Los Angeles Dodgers. If you don't bend the knee to my bigotry, you're a bigot. So I get to be a bigot. As long as that bigotry is towards the new minority of Catholicism or Christianity, right? As long as that bigotry is directed in a in the the new woke way, I get to do that. But far be it for anybody to disagree with my lifestyle, not bend the knee to me every single day, all day, every day. You cannot live and let live with that. It is an impossibility because they don't believe that your belief system, that you should be able to express it, to live it, to exist in it. They don't believe that because to do that would be, quote unquote, antithetical to their lifestyle. And how dare you? See, it's bigotry for thee, but not for me. It is absolutely impossible to live and let live with that. Because it's an absolute spiritual war inside themselves and outside. They, they might not recognize that, but that's the reality. I'm not going to live and let live with the spirit of the age. Oh, hell no. What I will say is, hey, if, if you want to, to, to live that lifestyle, to, to do whatever, your proclivities, right? Great example of this, Pat. Do I have to accept that you might be a sadomasochist behind closed doors? No, I don't. Right? No, I don't have to accept no. that. Mm-mm. Does that mean that I have to ban it? N- no. No. Does that mean that I have to be involved in it? No. All right. Okay. That's live and let live, right? Because it's built off of a mutual respect. Hey, that's your proclivity. That's what you want to do? Hmm. Interesting. Both parties are agreeable to the uh, scenario at hand. Cool. Are you forcing that upon me? Are you telling me I'm a bigot if I don't? No. And oh, by the way, we get to go ahead and, and mock you, ridicule you, but you can't do the same to us. Because that's bigotry. See, the point of mockery and ridicule is that it goes both ways, right? It's based off of mutual esteem and respect for each other and each other's maybe positions on an issue. Mockery cannot exist. Scorn cannot exist. Just one way. Do I get to get onto the field and and mock your quote-unquote identity, which is only tied up in your sexuality, by the way, which is the most insane damn thing I have ever understood? How in the hell is that the thing that is your identifier? It's part and parcel of maybe who you are, what you like, or whatever, right? That's part of it. But aren't you more than that? You are, are you more, more than that. that. Mm-hmm. And to just put that as the only thing that you are is to literally deny your humanity. It is to say, I don't have anything else. I'm nothing without that. What? Bow down to my straight world. Hell no. Right? To the live and let live libertarians, if you don't understand what's coming your way, 
I can't help you either. But the time to live and let live, that only exists when we agree on a social contract, okay? That's it. And right now, there ain't no social contract because they just made the Los Angeles Dodgers bend the knee to their literal mockery if, it, again, flip it on its head, right? What would happen to an organization that would mock that other organization? If it was a Christian, let's say the Knights of Columbus decided to get up there and they have a night at, um, as part of the night of, uh, of Christian, Christian night at, at the ballpark, right? And the Knights of Columbus organization gets up there and they mock the, the LGBTQ lifestyle or they mock abortion, right? Those who believe in, in choice, quote unquote. What would happen to them? The Dodgers would disavow that organization. They would never do anything with them for fear of the other side, right? But the mockery on the flip side is totally fine with the Los Angeles Dodgers and Major League Baseball. Okay, cool. I don't got to spend a dollar, a dime, watching your game. I don't have to do that. You, ironically, have made it easier to watch this year, the few games I have been able to watch, right? Games are about two and a half hours instead of four, maybe two hours and 50 minutes. Much more digestible on a you know nice summer evening where you can put the game on while you're outside enjoying your, your life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, nah, I'm good. I don't need the game anymore. I don't care. It's not just about making a choice and lying in it, right? It's not just, hey, I can totally let that. You cannot live side by side with a culture that exists not just to mock you, but to defeat you, okay? That's what they believe in. That that mockery from the perpetual uh, sisters of perpetual, what is it, indulgence? Mm-hmm. It isn't about just having fun at your expense. It is about defeating Christianity and worshiping at the altar of sexuality. And by the way, I don't want to worship at the altar of any sort of sexuality. Because that's not, it's part of the human condition for sure. But no, I'm going to worship at the fullness of God. I'm going to worship in the fullness of of his love for all parts of me, not just that one little aspect of who I am. No, because that's what time it is. They, they want to, they exist to defeat, not just mock you, but then defeat and make sure that there are no quarter for you to live your life as you want to see fit. There's no mutual respect. There's no mutual sense of admiration. No, hey, by the way, that's cool. I happen to believe something different. Mm -mm. Because they just literally made them bend the knee. And then come out with this statement about diversity. As I said on Twitter, I can't wait for your Christian night in which you uh, invite the Pope and the Archbishop of L.A. and all the nuns in the area to fill the stands and get onto the field beforehand, right? And bless the the game. And I'm waiting. Haven't seen it. Don't see it. 
there's no mutual respect there either. It is, oh crap, we better bend the knee to to the loudest voices in the room, except for they're not, right? The rest of us just would like to live and let live. That's a reality, right? We would like to live and let live. Pat, am I am I saying Mormon shouldn't exist? No. No. We happen to have differing beliefs in in how God's word and Jesus' teachings and and the prophecies and all that, right, play themselves out. We have differing views on on what certain parts of of the Bible are telling us, right? But do we have a mutual respect that we believe in God and in the saving power of Jesus Christ? Yes. Just like I have fun at the expense of the uh, the church of um, the church of concerts, right? No, oh, yes, <laughs> that's that's mockery, right? Because right. I happen to not believe that to be of value in redeeming value to understanding a fullness of a relationship with God. It makes you feel good in the moment, and you're all pumped up. But is that really what this is about? Are you really listening to the message, or are you there for the music? Nine times out of ten. They don't even remember the message the second they walk out. <coughs> I, I just, that's the difference, right? It's built right. off. Of, I still respect the person for wanting that relationship with God. And, and maybe that's not for me, right? But, but I recognize that that's not for me. They recognize that that might be right for them. And voila, we can do our own thing. We can have disagreements about, the 95 thesis with, with a Lutheran. And by the way, most Lutherans today probably couldn't even tell you what 10 of those 95 theses were, right? Right. Can I make a joke about, uh, you know, a priest, a Lutheran pastor, and a rabbi walk into a bar? <laughs> Absolutely, right? Right. There's a difference between that and saying, yeah, I don't think this, this group should exist. And by the way, am I saying that about uh, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence? No. But your ideology needs to be defeated. And I'm not going to live and let live with you. That ain't going to happen because you, you're, you exist as an organization to defeat me. To... I, I, I got to be careful what I say here because I'm... Angry Andy, um, I'm trying to woosa as much as possible. But folks, I, I, do you understand? These people do not want to live and let live with you. It is bend the damn knee or we're going to run you over. So you have two choices. You can stand up and say, F you, I'm not bending the knee. And we can go live our lives as we both see fit, Right. Or I will make sure to defeat you. And your ideology is not, number one, Christian. And number two, it is not American. And the spirit of the age will lose. And I will fight that fight. Doesn't have to be violent, by the way. Not at all. In no way, shape, or form does that have to happen. Not at all. But nope. Would you live and let live with me? That's kind of the mindset that I'm going to go forward with, Pat. 
are these, will these people live and let live with my fullness, my full life in Christ? If I wanted to go in public and live it that way, right? Would they afford me the respect that I'm supposed to afford them at all costs around every corner? By the way, that's not every person who's gay or LGBTQ or whatever. By and large, most of them want exactly what we want. There's a commonality. Hey, I happen to be this way and and you're not. And we go forward. Now, I would suggest that the fullness of Christ tells us that we, that we would hope that they would repent, right? Right. But that's a different story. Does that mean that I don't have to have human respect for them? No, no, it means I do have to have human respect for them. In order for me to ask for repentance of sin, I have to have respect, right? With that, Pat, your final thoughts on this Truth or Fiction Tuesday. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And wake up and realize what time it is. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. Make sure to eat all of your meals today. And every time a sports organization does this, put the pressure on them the other way and see what happens. As always, Matthew 547. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 